lots of recruiting information to discuss today. And also we're going to continue with the countdown. We've got Miles Kitzelman and Kendrick Blackshire to go over today. So stick with us. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him, Jimmy. Got another big weekend coming up. Actually, I think we've got two big weekends in a row because next weekend I know DeMarcus Riddick comes in, and that's when a lot of people believe he may be on flip watch from the University of Georgia, the linebacker from Chilton County, for those who don't know. But uh, tell us who's coming in to T-Town this weekend. Gosh, a bunch of kids. I think they're six. Um, Isaiah Faga is one that we've talked about some. He's the defensive tackle from Central Phoenix City. Uh, big fan of his. Uh, he's growing, uh, reminds me of tape wise of Curtis Perry in terms of how relentless he is in terms of the physicality, in terms of the motor, uh, just a little undersized, but gaining good weight late in his, uh, in, in his high school growth. Um, I know he's performing at camp, I think this week and, and, and we'll see how much Alabama prioritizes him. There's a couple of, uh, DBs coming in this weekend. Uh, that are interesting. Uh, one is uh, uh, Gibson from uh, from Texas, uh, uh, Corian Gibson. Um, Gibson is uh, from Lancaster High School in Texas. Uh, he's a top 100 player. Uh, Demello Jones is another top 100 player. He's from Slamsboro, Georgia. He's coming in this weekend on an official. Daniel Calhoun, a huge, huge offensive lineman, and we've been signing a lot of you know, big dudes on the offensive line. Daniel Calhoun, a perfect fit with, like, particularly the guys Alabama bought in last year. He's that size. He's kind of down to probably Alabama and Georgia. Uh, so a big Alabama-Georgia battle there. So many are. Amari Jefferson, a wide receiver from Chattanooga, Tennessee, is coming in. Uh, he's from uh, the Baylor School up there, which is a great private uh, private school uh, powerhouse. Uh, good player, wide receiver. He's committed to Tennessee to play baseball, but it's sort of scrapping that. I think he's just going to be, I think he's just going to go football. Now he may sign with someone other than Alabama, but Alabama seems to be a leader. I think if that's somebody we really pushed, we could get. Uh, Aaron Hampton's coming in. He's a wide receiver from Texas. I think Alabama's in the top two or three for him. Uh, Andrew Bone at well thinks it's, it's sort of probably a Texas thing. For Hampton, we'll see. Alabama can make up some ground this weekend. And of course, Fago, who we went over uh, a second ago, the defensive tackle from Central Phoenix City. So those are the those are the six guys coming in this weekend uh, in terms of like commitment watch. I, I don't know that any of them are, are, are going to be on the verge of committing, you know, on the, over the time when they're here this weekend. If anyone does, uh, Amari Jefferson likes Alabama a ton. Uh, Fago, he would have to flip from Utah. I'm not sure that's something that's going to happen quickly. Uh, Daniel Calhoun, uh, of everyone that's visiting, the guy I probably like to have most, honestly, is Calhoun. Uh, still decide between Georgia and Alabama. That could go on for a while. Go back to Fago for a second. We've talked about him a lot recently. Um, and, and I don't know, do you think Alabama would take a commitment from him right now? I think it was going to highly depend on his performance in camp. So not so the answer to that is not sure. 
but not sure, but probably. That's how I feel about him. Not sure, but probably. Uh, and again, uh, I think that's a guy they wanted to just learn more about. He was a guy that I, I would say the, the best term is when we see, us, you know, we follow recruiting all the time. We see this term all the time, but it's high interest. I think Alabama has a high interest in him. Uh, does that mean, hey, you're, you will take you tomorrow? Maybe, maybe not. But uh, I think they, I think they want to take a long look. They were, they were going to peek under the hood for sure. Uh, there was a big seven-on-seven camp tournament thing at Auburn this past week. I know Trent Seaborn, who I believe is – is he going into the ninth grade now? He's going into the ninth grade. Isn't that crazy? He's That's also – last couple times I've seen photos of him, it looks like he's growing, which is, which is big because he, he was small. And I know every single person that says, of course he's small. He's in the eighth grade. Well, these kids – Typically, prospects tend to grow early. They're incredibly physically mature for their age. They're not normal people like me and you. They're, they, they physically mature very early. So his height in eighth grade is relevant. But, uh, you know, it, it's an indicator of where he will ultimately end up. But he, he has looked a little bigger to me, which is encouraging. But, uh, wow, what a what a prospect he is. Yeah, he uh, his team won the seven-on-seven tournament thingy. And um, Auburn also gave him an official offer. For those who don't know, uh, Trent Seaborn led Thompson uh, to the state championship. It, they won. They won the state yeah, championship. Yeah, and he was yeah, the MVP. Um, I was yeah. having just brain gas there for a minute. Yeah. But um, he is awesome. I mean, Thompson's loaded. We always know that. Thompson's got – but. I, you know, and Tom, Thompson's got plenty of talent on that on that last team that won it all. But he's still an eighth grade quarterback. I mean, I think about me in eighth grade and and trying to lead the high school team. I mean, first of all, where I was in high school in Lake City, the eighth graders didn't even go to the same school as the ninth through twelfth graders. So, it, yeah, it would have been just a bloodbath. But um, it, it just lets you know a little bit about him. The one th- I tell you, this may be stupid, but the one thing I think about Trent Seaborn, I think he's awesome. I think he's going to be fantastic if he stays locked in and if he can uh, keep his interest in the sport. And I say that because when you're in eighth grade and you're already like so ballyhooed and you're essentially labeled a surefire five-star can't miss in eighth grade, and it's not like you're labeled this based on your potential. You've already proven what you can do. I just wonder if he, he gets burned out. I hope he doesn't. I don't want him to. I'm not predicting he does. I'm just saying it feels like that could happen. Yeah. Uh, there's so We rarely – I think the thing with Trent that's so interesting is the length of his recruitment. Yeah. We don't know – I mean, like Mike – Perfect example, uh, a kid who had a great camp this week at Alabama was Mike Adibos. Uh He's down at Viger. He was a starting right tackle for Viger in the state championship game in the eighth grade. Good God. But he's an offensive lineman. And, yeah, he's been recruited for a long time by the Alabamas, by the Georgias, by the Auburns. But it's not super high profile because he's an offensive lineman. Everybody takes interest in quarterbacks. So with Trent Seaborn, uh, playing on statewide TV, winning a state championship for the biggest program in the state of Alabama. Every fan of football, every fan of recruiting is clued into Trent's recruitment. They're interested in where Trent's going to play college football 
when he was in the eighth grade. So we've got a five-year recruitment going on with Trent Seaborn that the whole recruiting public is going to be watching, particularly in the state of Alabama. That's incredibly rare, and, 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 and I imagine the interest is going to build and build and build and build. Uh, I also think because this recruitment started so early, I wouldn't be surprised to see a very early commitment out of him. I, I'll just go ahead and guess that he'll be he'll be committed somewhere probably in the 10th grade. That's probably true. And here's another thing. A lot of the schools recruiting him that have been recruiting him since last year, they may have had three coaches by the time he actually gets – ready to sign so just interesting stuff jimmy let me tell everybody about bird dogs uh because i love bird dogs and i'm going to show you how much i love them i'm, I'm wearing them right now these are some, some new bird dog shorts that i have on um bird dogs make you look good they have bird did, did, were you able to see that by the way i don't even know we all did i'm wearing them too but i'm i'm not showing anybody yeah uh bird dogs probably like yeah we don't really need to see them on you necessarily but we would like to see them on other people well also um, stand during the show and you said it's a little, little easier for i would have to uh show off my uh unimpressive vertical leap for everybody to see see what i got going on here bird dogs they use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long they uh they fit better than regular shorts that are made of stiff restricting cotton bird dogs fix that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get way slimmer fit around uh without having to sacrifice movement and that is so crucial for me because if you know me you know i'm kind of a spaz and i'm always moving around uh absolutely love these things go to birddogs.com slash locked on college birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free yeti style tumbler with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free yeti style tumbler you won't want to take your bird dogs off i promise you i just love them i mean i really do these, these are awesome and i'm buying some more i'm just and um, i'll tell you <clears throat> so last night by the way on the next podcast, we'll keep running down this countdown. We got like 50 more to go. So you got a lot of countdown things. I might I could just say that from now on. Uh, I stayed in Cincinnati last night and they, they actually have, they used to have a horseshoe casino. Then they had a Jack Binion casino. And now that's been bought by hard rock casino. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm sort of free for the night. I'm going to go over there. I, I mean, I don't hit the casinos like I used to, but I like to go play poker. And so I went over there and I played a couple of uh, cash games and didn't fare too well. But there was a tournament that started at um, 6.15 and it was a you know $100 entry. And I said, all right, I'm going to get in. About 33 people. And um, I got down to 11,000 in chips midway through the tournament, made a massive comeback, made it to the final table, three people, me and two others. And I was telling them, hey, look, I'm not chopping. I know I hated to be that guy. A lot of people like to just chop the pot. But I was like, I'm from Alabama. I don't get to play a lot of poker in casinos. And I want to see if I can win this dang thing. Last time I came here, I, I won one. And I won. Uh, came in second in the last one. I want to like see if I can keep doing this. Not professionally. And um, so we played for about an hour. And they were just giving me the worst looks. I mean, like. Would you please just – got to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> and um, so finally we, we all had like 150,000 in chips or whatever, so I chopped it. But my point was I was wearing my bird dogs the whole time. <laughs> they never let on that I, was, uh, that I was sweating or stinking, which I'm sure I was doing plenty of both. And um, my bird dogs probably helped me keep my poker face. And here's another little tidbit for anybody who likes to play poker, what I figured out. You need a go-to when you're playing poker. You need something that like sort of keeps you 
focused yet distracted at the same time, I feel like. I put it on Yacht Rock Radio on Sirius XM, and I just let that puppy roll. And I must have heard Sailing by Christopher Cross four times last night. And I loved every one of them. You know, so you're in Cincinnati right now. I am. I've got to go pick up my children's. And in the gambling mood, what you need to do as we record this on Friday morning is you need to go to Great American Ballpark and bet <laughs> on Alabama baseball. Bet on Alabama baseball. I know. That would bet, do Alabama. bet on Alabama baseball against Wake Forest to upset Wake Forest and go do it at Great American Ballpark. And that will that will be great karma, I that think. I don't want to do I got to bet on Wake Forest. That's what has led us to this. <laughs> you might be right. Maybe that's maybe that's the right thing to do. But it just seems and like, like I need to do it while wearing this Tuscaloosa shirt. There's no question that something needs to be done at Great American Ballpark about betting on Alabama that would help us this weekend. You can figure out whether it's betting on us or against us. But uh, you're right there in the in the in the scene of the most famous thing that happened. I mean, that's the most famous thing that happened to Alabama baseball this season, and you're right there on the scene, and we're about to play the number one team in the country this weekend. That's kind of bad, right? The famous, the most famous thing that's happened to Alabama baseball in the last 20 years happened in <laughs> Cincinnati where Alabama wasn't playing. <laughs> but here's what I could have done last night. I should have done this now. When I went to the casino, I should have just met, had a shirt made that said, Interim Alabama Baseball Coach. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the sports? Where's the sports book? Yeah. <laughs> Where's the sports book and what's the maximum? (laughs) So let's start with a little Miles Kitzman, Jimmy. Miles Kitzman, one of the tight ends that will be joining the team. Um, Three catches for 36 yards in a day. Nothing spectacular. You know, I read a write-up on 24-7 recently about the tight ends, and they mentioned uh, here's what the – this was like off-season outlook about the tight ends, right? And it said, CJ, is it – it's Dupree. That's right. We're saying that right, right? Yes, CJ Dupree. Yeah, okay. I know that for sure. Amari Nyblack and Danny Lewis, that's who they said. And then they're like – and then there's Robbie Oost, who Oost. I never can say right. And then they mm-hmm. also said, you know, and Ty Lockwood could factor in. And they said, oh, yeah, Miles Kitzman caught three passes for 36 yards. So <laughs> what I feel like is Kitzman – is probably being under overlooked a little bit, undervalued, yep. overlooked. And he is in a crowded room of tight ends, but not crowded in the sense that like we're loaded at tight end, crowded in the sense that there are four or five guys who are all pretty good. I mean, relative to the other positions on the team, I would rank tight end maybe, shoot, I might rank the tight end room last or second to last. If you were saying rank the position rooms. You know yep. what I mean? They would be down, yep. but it. But you're all at Alabama, so that's pretty good. So I mean, it's it's not like it's an insult. But anyway, I, you know, maybe it's just me. I'm not. I'm not a guy who's expecting a ton out of Kitzelman this year. I, right. I, you know, I feel like this was sort of a we need a tight end who's got some experience, just in case, and and um, who's also pretty good. Kitzelman's pretty good. I'm just saying. I don't see him beating out Dupree or Nye Black or, or maybe even Danny Lewis. No, he's just part of the committee. I think we have sort of a, a – I compare it all the time to a basketball team. We sort of have a basketball team committee at tight end, which is actually a pretty good situation. I mean, ideally you want Brock Bowers, but but we don't have him. George has got one of him. Texas actually has an outstanding tight end in Jatavian Sanders. Uh, he'll actually be the best tight end we see all year unless we play Georgia in the SEC championship game. 
We don't have one of them. But what we do have is a nice committee of guys that all bring something a little different to the table. And Miles is one of those guys. Some people forget he, he is an experienced player. He actually started the opener last year and caught two balls. Uh, people might not remember that Cam Latu was hurt uh, late in the summer, couldn't play, uh, didn't really practice through fall camp, got off to a slow start because of that. But because Cam Latu was unavailable uh, due to his injury, Miles Kitzelman actually started the Utah State game, caught two balls for 18 yards, uh, and then Latu came back, and that was sort of the end of Kitzelman. Uh, but, you know, that, that's understandable. Now Miles has been in the program a year. He's 6'5", 250 and was an offensive lineman in high school. That's all I got to do to convince you guys that he might be a part of things. Is he going to be a big part of things? No, not with C.J. Dupree, not with Danny Lewis turning a corner like he did this spring, not with Amari Nyblak and his next-level ability to catch the ball, not with Robbie Steven, who's a pretty good football player. Uh, I, I think Miles is more like the fifth guy, but he's 6'5", 250, and was an offensive lineman in high school seems to me that we might see Miles Kitzelman with the first team in the in the goal line and short yardage packages. That shouldn't surprise anybody. And hey, I've explained this a, a million times. I know, I know it might bore people. Maybe it's semantics. But we have several personnel packages, whether it's the, the Hail Mary group, whether it's short yardage, whether it's the first and 10 group. Uh, if you are a first team player in any package, you're a first team player. You're a first-team player. You're even potentially a starter. And when you say, How? that doesn't make any sense. Well, if uh, we return the opening kick 98 yards and we start on the opposition's two-yard line and it's first and 10 or first and goal from there too on the first snap of the game, guess who might be in there? Miles Kitzelman. <laughs> so the point is, if you are a first-team player in any personnel package, you're a first-team player. And it's, it's, it's fairly possible that uh, Miles Kitzelman will be in that short yardage package because he's our biggest tight end. He's got some playing experience. And again, a high school offensive lineman. So this is, this is not the tight end that wants to run around and catch balls. I mean, this is a guy that knows his job. Uh, and and I, so I think he could really help us in those type packages. But other than those type packages, I don't think we'll see a lot of him because we've got other tight ends that do things uh, better than he does, like not Black's a better receiver. C.J. Dupree's probably the best all-around guy we got. He'll probably play the most snaps at tight end this, this season. Yeah. Um, look, I, I hope for the best for, for everybody. I want them all to, to be superstars. But if I'm, if I'm ranking tight ends, if I'm saying guys who I think will make the most impact this year, I think I'd have to put Kutzman down the list. Um, yeah. You know, that's just the way it I would is. Say fifth. Jimmy- I would say fifth, but he might play some snaps, even with the ones. So it's a deep group. It's not an awesome group because we don't have a star. I mean, Latu got drafted in the third round. I mean, you know, Dupree's going to be the starter. I don't think he's a third-round pick. I think he's I think he's a day-three pick. Uh, I think C.J. Dupree might play pro football. He, he's probably a guy we don't talk in, about enough, but, of course, we're not talking about him just yet because he's – He's ranked well ahead of where we are right now in the countdown. We're at uh, Miles Kitzelman is like number uh, 57. Uh, we're, we're a little bit uh, – I mean, we're, we're going to find Dupree down there in the 20s, I believe. Well, I just noticed I misspelled Kendrick Blackshire on the countdown, on oh, the yeah. rural countdown. And uh, sorry about that, Kendrick, because please don't beat me mercilessly. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, we're going to talk about Kendrick Blackshire next when we come back. And we're back. 
Uh, Jimmy, I do not want Kendrick Blackshire to beat me mercilessly. I did just find a recent photo of Kendrick Blackshire, and it's just stunning. There he is right there. Can you believe it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. He's going to struggle. He's going to struggle in pass coverage. <laughs> uh, but I, this is the photo we used uh, for the thumbnail for the, and it looks like number 20. Is that, is that 20 is Jake Pope, right? 20 is Jake Pope. Yeah. So it looks like Jake Pope is trying to hide behind the locked on Bama logo so that Kendrick Blackshire doesn't accidentally eat him. <laughs> Yeah, Kendrick. Um, man, what a, what a, what, a, what a, Kendrick is a beast, no doubt. I, look, it, isn't it? It's time. I mean, it's time to unleash this beast. I mean, I know he's got to be better in coverage. I know he he probably doesn't. I, I just I want him doing something. I, the, the, you know, you talk about first off the bus guy. To be the first off the bus guy at Vanderbilt is one thing. To be the first off the bus guy at Alabama is, I mean. It is the hottest playgirl, play playboy bunny at the mansion. Not playboy. <laughs> also playgirl at the mansion. I, I'm, in, I'm, I'm inclusive here. Um, but uh, what, you know, I, is there a role for him? I mean, seriously, right. I, I, I'm just to the point where the, isn't there something he can do? I mean, you, you just look at it. Special, special team for sure. He'll he'll be he was one of our better special teams players last year. You know, people don't he, he was a starter on special teams as a true freshman. I think that's where his his true contribution is gonna be. Uh look, it's not a shot at him at inside linebacker. I think he would probably be a starter at some places, uh maybe even in the SEC. Uh inside linebacker is oh it's a strange position in Alabama because I think we're gonna struggle in terms of finding, okay. Who are our two best guys? How are we going to mix and match if we need to do that? Who are the best guys? But it's one of the best positions on the team in terms of the depth. Because Deontay Lawson, even though he missed the spring, is, is clearly going to be a starter if he's healthy. And, and Lawson has struggled to stay healthy. Let's remember that, too. But Lawson is certainly, I would say, going to be the number one guy. Who's going to be the number two guy next to him in the starting lineup? It could be Trez Marshall. The, the portal transfer from Georgia, who, who, by the way, had a nice spring, and they like him a lot. Uh, Jihad Campbell is one of the most impressive young players on the whole roster. He could be the starter next to Lawson. We've left out Justin Jefferson, a JUCO. Normally, you don't sign JUCOs unless you anticipate him being starters. Justin Jefferson, by the way, extremely impressive on A-Day. He's like the fourth guy. We haven't even got to Sean Murphy, who played with the ones against Auburn on the field as a true freshman. So they like Sean Murphy a lot too. He's probably the fifth guy. So now we have Kendra Blackshire, uh, maybe even the sixth guy at inside linebacker, but a guy who's probably ready to play. Uh, and I left out Ian Jackson, by the way, he's a good player. Um, so Kendrick is good. He can help us. It's just a crowded spot with a lot of talented candidates to start next to Deont Deontay Lawson. Uh, in the meantime, though, Kendrick is one of our very best special teams players, and uh, it's a critical role. It's a crucial role, sort of a tone setter. How many times, Luke, have we seen on a kickoff or punt, a guy comes down, he makes a big hit, and it sort of sets up the whole series. I mean, what, you know, everybody's fired up after the big hit on special teams. That's Kendrick. So even though he's ranked here as the number 56 player 
on our roster. Uh, he's one of Alabama's most crucial special teams players. And now that you're in the mid-50s, you know, you're talking about players that contribute every week to the team. Yeah, he's just a guy that, um, boy, the moment we signed him, you thought – I mean, all I could think was he's uh, he's unbelievable, an unbelievable specimen. At the same time, I don't know where in the world he's going to be able to play. And and that's – I mean, yeah, linebacker's the answer, but, boy, how'd you like to see him at fullback, H-back, um, goal lineback? I mean, he, just just to, to me, what I would tell Kendrick is prove that you're the best special teams player. Uh, work towards graduation. I mean, I, I'm 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 not a transfer portal guy, but I, I'm really very pro portal when it comes to graduate transfers. So be Alabama's best special teams player. Uh, work towards graduation, and then if you graduate and it looks like you're not going to be a starter on the defense, then then, then I think the portal makes a lot of sense for Smiley Kendrick, who should be playing somewhere uh, by then. But uh, my hope is that he's Alabama's best special teams player and that he graduates from Alabama. And that's that sort of, you know, would be my pep talk for that kid who, who I think is a really good player and is likely to have a good career. I even think there's a potential pro career for Kendrick out there. And Kendrick, by the way, guys that are drafted on day three, you know how you make the roster? Special teams. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We will be back to this weekend. We'll be back this weekend with more Locked on Bama. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.